This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're going to uh, take our opening comment from Matthew 12 and 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Think about this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I don't know about you, but I I have trouble with my mouth sometimes. It don't always work the way the Lord wants it to work. Let's continue a little further. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. This scares me. About the idle word. And we're going to have to give account. That brings us to the title. Every idle word. We're going to be accountable for every idle word. If this lesson was just for me, I'd have to change the title to every idle words. It'd have to be more than one. So let's study today about idle words and how it affects us and others about us. Idle means barren or useless. 1 Timothy 5 and 13, And withal they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. There is my definition to you, is speaking things that we ought not. That's pretty simple. You can understand that. Saying things that we ought not. When we was in grade school, we'd say, sticks and stones will break my bones. Words will never hurt me. Now, maybe that is too old-timey for nowadays. But we would say that. That's not the truth. Words will hurt you. Proverbs 18 and 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction. His lips are a snare of his soul. The words of a tailbearer are as wounds. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Do you remember some harsh words that someone said to you? Probably. How do you unhear something? You know, on a computer you can hit delete or you can backspace. You can take it off. But once words are out there, they can hurt you. You can have a scar from getting hit on the head or something. But these inner wounds still hurt. In James, we have a a reading that's very familiar about the tongue. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths 
that they may obey us and turn about the whole body. Behold also ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hymn, whithersoever the governor lists us. I want to key in on a couple things. Offend. You know, Brother Garland could say that I'm old and fat and bald-headed and ugly, and it might offend me. It would be the truth, but it still might offend me. Offend in the Bible means a stumbling block, to trip, to entice, to sin. So that, that's different than the way we use the word offend today. Let's carry this a little further. Even so, the tongue as a little member boasts its great things. Behold a great... Let me start over. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body... And it's set on fire, the course of nature. It is set on fire of hell. Most of us here understand fire and grass fires. What happened, just a spark, a cigarette, a chain can do. And high winds and how it just goes and goes and goes. Sister Tammy lost her, her home, a grass fire. How a little idle word can just create and burn up and destroy things. That's what the devil wants. He wants to kill and destroy. The devil wants your tongue. He wants your mouth. He wants to use it. And he will kill and destroy with that. Ever heard somebody use filthy language? I wonder when that starts. Does it start in the home, listening to mom and dad? Does it start in school? Where does it start? Ephesians 4 and 29, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Does your language present grace to the people that hear you. My dad took his grandson Kent to a movie 40, 40 years ago. And my dad came out and said, they said a cuss word. They said a cuss word. What about the movies today? You know, I've, I've had trouble, I'll do something dumb, and I, I have a bad word. Or you hit yourself with a hammer. My dad-in-law fixed that for me years ago. He said, when you do that, sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. I'm sure that ain't in tune. For the Bible tells me so. You, he said, you cannot sing and cuss at the same time. Try it. You'll like it. It's hard to cuss and sing, Jesus loves me. Here's the other thing about filthy language. It rubs off. 
Be not deceived. Evil communication corrupt good manners. That's people we are around. It rubs off on you. In Hebrews 10 and 25, it talks that we should come together and worship together and not to forsake the assemblies. Why does God want us to come together and be around each other? One, to exhort each other. It rubs off. It rubs off when we come together, when we worship together, when we have uh, assemblies together. It rubs off. God wants us together. I look out and I see coaches. You want your team together. You want them on the bus together. You want them to have each other's back. You want them together. So watch out. It will rub off what you say. All right. What about lying? Proverbs 12 and 19. The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. You lie to relieve blame. It wasn't me. It was them. You know, and it may work. I mean, you may not get blamed. But if we read in Luke 16 and 15... God knoweth all things. You didn't fool God. Who do you stand before in the judgment? God. So lying never accomplished anything. All right, here's a verse everybody knows. John 8 and 44. You are the father of the devil. The lust of the father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Think about the first lie in the Bible. The devil as a serpent comes to Adam and Eve and he says, ye shall not Surely die when you eat of the fruit of the tree in the midst of the garden. That was the lie. Adam and Eve died. You and I will die also because of that. Lies can be a fire just destroying things and destroying lives. It goes on and on what may happen from that. Another idea I want to think about. In Matthew 18 and 6, it says, But whoso offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. Okay, go back. Offend is stumble, trip up, entice to sin. We know what a little one which believe in me is. That's a new Christian, okay? I think Sean put it good. A couple Sundays ago, we'll have people, when someone dies or pass away, we'll have Christians go to them and say, oh, they're so much better off. If that person is lost, they're in the worst possible position that they could be. I think Sean said a word, hogwash. Ain't nothing to it. That's wrong. So, 
can we lead a new one in Christ the wrong way? Put a stumbling block in front of them. Absolutely we can. What about this? I got to thinking about it. 1 Corinthians 14 and 5. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shalt he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? Brandon led a prayer today. I said amen when he got through for several reasons. He prayed for me that I might not forget what I'm going to say and that it would be worthy for y'all to hear. I wanted to say amen to that. Amen is from the Hebrew word meaning surely, means that you agree or right on, okay? So I propose to you that in social media, when you see things posted, if you're liking it or thumbs up or whatever you do, to something that is completely unscriptural, you're placing a stumbling block in front of a little one in Christ. They see what you've posted. If it's about an unscriptural baptism and you're liking it, well, they look and say, well, there's David. He's an elder in the church. He said it's okay to do this. He liked it. He agreed with it. We don't do that. That's a stumbling block. We don't need to put something in a new little one's way in Christ. So think about that as we uh, go forth. You don't know how many people see it. I guess you post it, and I don't know who all sees that. Uh, Friends, and some of these other parts of social media, I completely do not understand. Bottom line is this, though, right here in Luke 6 and 37. Judge not. And you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. One, I don't want to be condemned. Two, I need to be forgiven. We do not get paid to judge. That is not our duty. We get paid to go out and spread the gospel. That is our duty. Now, if you don't know what to say... Say, I'm sorry for your loss. That's okay. Maybe you can say, I'm sure you're proud. Maybe you can just say nothing. If you're on social media, don't say nothing. Think about your influence. 1 Timothy 4 and 12, Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word, conversation, charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. That says a whole lot about the Christian lifestyle and how we live our lives. Kind of goes back to Matthew 12 when we talk about good fruit, evil fruit, or a stumbling block. Do you realize that somebody is always watching. Somebody's watching you. Somebody is watching you. No, that's, that's not right. I think everybody is watching you. Everybody you're around, they're watching you and the words you say, the activities you're involved in, 
your dress, your church attendance, your children, the love you show for one another. Everybody's watching you. And that can be a stumbling block to some people. It can be an encouragement to some. And it can even entice some to sin. So we have to be careful the way we live. Now, we went in all of this and kind of stepped on toes. And don't you remember, my toes are down here too. So we stepped on toes. How do we fix the problem if we've got a problem? Proverbs 11 and 13. A tale bearer revealeth secrets, but he that is a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. I have heard people say, and I probably have said this, I don't know whether this is true, but i got to tell you anyway. I just put a little gas on the fire. That's how we fix the problem. Proverbs 26 and 20. Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceases. Some of you may be old enough to remember a song. Most of you are not. It's called Silence is Golden. Some more people older than I thought there was in here. Sometimes that's the best answer you can have. Brother Truman Till, I'd ask him a question. He'd say, oh, that made me aggravated. He wouldn't give me an answer. He'd just say, oh, think about it. Here's the key to fixing my mouth. Put your brain in gear first. Colossians 4 and 5, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that, they, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. How do we fix it? They know how to answer every man. You have to think about sometimes. It's not a speed contest to get your mouth open and going. So I've got a question for you. Do you have sin? Psalms 32 and 1. A Psalm of David, Miss Chill. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man with whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. I want my transgressions forgiven. I want my sins covered. So I'm asking, if you have sinned today, we know how to cover them. James, it tells us to pray one for another. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth not. If you've never obeyed the Gospels, that, we have to do that first. We have to believe in the Lord. We have to confess His name. We have to be baptized. And all that can be done today if you have a sin problem. So think about it. We've got to think three more si slides. Are you right with God? You can lie to me and everybody here and say everything's fine, but... Don't lie to God because he knows. Are you right with God? Let's take, think about a couple more verses. 
James 2 and 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. You can be 99%, but if you're lacking, that's not enough. Are you right with God? Are you nearly right with God? Are you close? Let's go back to our reading in the beginning. This is Jesus' words now. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Are you ready to account? Are you comfortable standing before the Lord? About the words you've said. And is it appointed in a man once to die, but after this to judgment? Are you ready to face the Lord? Are you ready to face the Maker? And what you, how you've lived, how you've acted, what you've said, are you ready? Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.